Welcome to the Hero Realm. I'm Josh Brown. I'm Nick Rusk. And this is our second time trying to record this episode. We had some technical difficulties last time. So hopefully we can get all this recorded into you in a timely manner. Yes. And here we go. So before we get on to the meat of the episode, I actually have an article that I saw that came down yesterday, and I actually wanted to get your take on it. So whoever wrote this thinks that Supernatural got worse after season five. Well, it was originally when it was supposed to end. Right. Which, I don't, there were, it, it dipped, but then it picked back up, I think. So it's got 10 ways Supernatural got worse after season five. Number 10... Supernatural had different showrunners after season five. Well, yeah. Now, I know season seven had different showrunners, but I don't remember who all they had besides the originals. Yeah, because it was Kripke that left at one yeah. point. Yeah, he left after five. Okay. And then they had Sarah Gamble for season six and seven, Jeremy Carver for eight through 11, and Robert Singer and Andrew Dabb for 12 through 15. Hence the name Bobby Singer. Yeah. Where that came from. And all the Bobbies being surly. <laughs> surly. <laughs> Number nine, Supernatural became less horror-based in later seasons. Yeah, it was more like biblical stuff. Yeah, especially with the angels and... Yeah. Well, yeah, because we didn't have Michael again until what, season 15? or Yeah. Well, technically 13. Well, it was Ultimate Universe Michael. Yeah. But the Michael we know was back in 15. Yeah. Uh, eight. Sam and Dean. Sam and Dean's supernatural story became more repetitive. I mean, yeah, you can't go for fifteen seasons without repeating stuff. Exactly. So I mean, that one's yeah. more of a. It happens. Seven. Supernatural drifted away from its original format. The monster of the week. Yeah. Which I mean, they still had episodes where it was monster of the week, right? But... See, that's how I like I like how shows are done like that. You have a whole season with an overarching storyline that mm-hmm. you follow through, but periodically is a, a, a monster of the week. Exactly. Kind of thing. That's how I like. Like, The Flash did that for a long time. It was like they had your main villain. Yeah. But there was everyone, you know, like, you'll have your, your main storyline for a couple episodes, and mm-hmm. you'll have three or four episodes of just a villain of the week. Right. So I like that format. Yeah. Number six, few supernatural villains could match Lucifer and Azazel. Well, I mean, other than God and Amara. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this does mention that after Lucifer, I mean, although later seasons of Supernatural introduced its strongest villains, including Leviathans, Angels, and even God, nothing could surpass being tracked by the devil himself. Yeah. Number five, Supernatural killed too many of its beloved characters. Well, no one ever stays dead on that show. Right. So, you know, people keep getting brought back, if not in human form, in ghost form. Yeah, and not only that, but alternate universe. right. (laughs) Okay, number four, Supernatural struggled with plot holes. Everybody struggled with plot holes. Yeah. Flash had them. (laughs) Again, 15 seasons, you're bound to have plot holes. Right. Uh, let's see. Number three, the supernatural world became too vast and confusing. <laughs> well, I'm trying to cover everything. Multi- when you start getting into the multiverse, yeah, then yeah, it's vast and confusing. 
Okay, number two, supernatural stakes were no longer scary. Was that kind of like the first one? Um, like the, in or, a way. Or, or, or the other one about less, less horror-filled? Well, this says, despite trying to expand upon their world and add bigger, meaner demons at a certain point, supernatural stakes weren't scary anymore. As previously mentioned, Sam and Dean cheated death so many times before. Yeah, it's like, well, they die, they'll just come back to life. It felt yeah. inevitable that they would find a way to survive. Right. Well, that's true. Whereas season five felt like the world truly would end. Yeah. Later seasons had little doubt that the Winchesters would find I'll, some way through it. Yeah, I see what they mean now. Okay, and number one, which I don't agree with at all, Supernatural had a disappointing ending. Well, it wasn't their intention. Right. It was because of COVID. They had to do what, what they did. Right. They wanted to have bring back a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's just, there was a bad time of, of life where you couldn't do that. Right. I and... wish, I, I w- it would be nice down the road if they would, like a lot of shows that have, which I'm not going to say had a terrible finale. I was satisfied. But there are a lot of shows out there that have had terrible finales. And I wish they would all come back. And redo them properly. Like, I've never watched Game of Thrones, but everybody says the ending was terrible. Right. So, just get everybody back together, rewrite it, refilm it, and have, like, a, a special, like, two-hour ending the mm-hmm. way the ending, end things the way they should have been. And we'll get to this in a little bit, but hence the Flash series, series finale. Yes. yes. Because seeing as this is our second time trying to record this episode, I almost remember everything that I said before. Yeah. So that is everything, and now, hopefully, on to the shows. Okay, first episode of what we're covering is The Dress. So, synopsis-wise, Superman and John Henry clash over how to handle Bruno Mannheim, Lois worries over upcoming treatments, and confides in Lana about her early courtship with Clark. So, what we see a lot of in this episode is flashbacks. Mainly of a dress that Lois wore once, and then they were mainly just given clothes to, like, Goodwill or something, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, So, mainly, with this particular dress, I mean, the procedure that Lois is going to be having done is a mastectomy, which, of course, is having her... Her breast removed. Right, because there's, yeah. So, there's pretty much all of that. And then when Lois comes over to hope, hopeful, well, when Lana comes over with basically trying to, she basically mentions having a sort of party beforehand. And, restaurant mentioned, Bazoombas. Bazoombas. Which, what we're thinking is basically their Hooters. version of Hooters. <laughs> Which was kind of ironic how you're going to a Hooters after, before you have to have a mastectomy. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they also did mention that everyone knows you don't go to Bazoomba's for the food. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, for at least Hooters, the food's good. Yeah. I mean, the wings were good. Yeah. I've had Hooters maybe two or three times, and it never disappoints. That doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, the I did. Re, I'm reading the same review that I did the last time we tried to record this episode, and this person said this was a really great episode. The love between Lois and Clark and the very relatable feelings they have in their current situation were very well done, 
And then the plot about John Henry was great, too, because it too because it shows how human he is, how scared he is for your, how scared he is for your daughter and sister. The man lost his entire planet, his wife, everything but Nat, and all the young generation did good things too. I am liking the acting chemistry between Jordan and the new John. Kudos for the writer of this episode and making this a truly memorable one. I think is the best of the series and one of the best in the Berlantiverse. So, I actually kind of agree with this. I will say I was a little skeptical at the new John at first. Mm -hmm. But, honestly, yes, they didn't really address anything about this new Jonathan, but they've at least made it seem believable that same actor, but of course we know it's not. But he's actually done a pretty a pretty good job actually keeping the role pretty well the same. So I think that's all for this episode. Yeah, so the next one, Collision Course, has uh, Lois, uh, she finishes up her chemotherapy, then she goes to the DOD to try to get uh, Pia, Pia mm -hmm. to confess to framing Lex Luthor. Well, she um, first doesn't want to talk, and but then um, she finally convinces her to and says, hey, you can see your son. So her son comes in to see her, and what they don't know is he has brought in the cure that Mannheim has made. So he has it in like a like a cuffling or something and kind of sticks, yeah. her, sticks her in her arm without anybody seeing it. Mm -hmm. And then once he leaves... Lois comes back in, and she realizes, oh, she's cured now. So she's got her powers back, and she kind of ho has Lois held hostage and forces her to help her escape. Right. And they kind of, she kind of just destroys the DOD kind of as she she uh, breaks her way out. Yep. And then it's finally gets reunited with her family. And while this is going on, there's a party where um, Sarah and... Um, George Jr. or in a car crash, but right, but before it could get any worse, Jordan comes in and rescues them and takes off. Well, George Jr. says, I saw someone do it. And then, of course, and then Sarah knows who it was, is trying to play it off as, No, no, we were just lucky. We got out of this. Well, she's ended up getting charged with a DUI for it. And uh, she's uh, brought back to her parents, who where her mom is having uh, dinner with the governor. I want to say, yeah, I think it was the governor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that does not get a good look on her. But I think that's pretty much everything for that one. Yeah, and then uh, oh, then the next episode complications. Well, first we have the party before the operation. And then, of course, they've got they're at the hospital mainly for most of the episode where um, Lois is having the mastectomy done. But also, at one point, Clark tells Kyle that he's Superman. Yeah. So because we talked about that in this, the last episode, that never made it to air. Right. Like, does Kyle know he's Superman? Like I don't think so. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, but now he does. Yeah. So that. Almost, well, that doesn't necessarily bring to light who actually saved Sarah and George Jr. 
Because did he mention that it was Jordan or... No, he just okay. said he saw some. it was somebody with powers. Okay. He didn't see who it was because right. it was too dark. But, yeah, so it's basically more of Revelation and also Jordan's X-ray, ver- X-ray right. vision comes in. Yep. So he has that to deal with and mainly... While this uh, while this A plot's going on, our B plot is basically Pia is her treatments are having I guess we could technically say side effects. Yeah. Where her powers are amplifying and more or less possibility of destroying the city. Yeah. <laughs> so Superman goes out to help after Nothing was able to be done with John Henry doing it. And also, while this, Nat and, what was his name, Mateo? Mm-hmm. We're trying to meet in secret. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, eventually, Superman is able to sort of calm down Pia and mainly takes her to where pretty much let go of her powers, but it won't destroy. Up in the air. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, and spoiler alert, Pia did die in this episode. Yeah. But, I mean, you can definitely see a lot of going-ons with just family and everything without this season. Yeah. I mean, we know Bruno is mainly just trying to do what he can to well he was mainly just trying to save his wife but at the end he's he ends up you know confessing with everything and he's going to work with the the dod and as long but as long as his son doesn't have any charge all charge against the son are dropped right so he so he'll take the fall for everything and then uh and bizarre superman wakes up bizarre superman at the very (laughs) end because you think like at the end of this episode like oh look everything's all tied up like what's 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 left for these last few episodes right then bizarre superman wakes up yeah there you go (laughs) so i believe that's everything for superman lois yep so on to gotham knights yep so now we have Gotham Knights, which first episode from that is Dark Knight of the Soul. Now, before we go over this, there is one thing I want to mention that we did mention on the episode that never made it to air. Mm-hmm. But I had two ships as of basically a couple episodes ago that I thought were going to happen. One being Duella and Turner, which that one did happen. Yep according to Wikipedia's description of the (laughs) episode from this past week. And so we pretty much have Derner or Tuella. And then also Stephanie and Harper, which also happened in the episode from this past week. Yep. So on that we have Starper or (laughs) Hephany. But on to the episodes. So as we know, this episode pretty much takes place after the previous one where Turner was captured by the Court of Owls and at this point was it the previous episode that we found out that Brody's dad is the the leader? Yeah. Well, of course that'll be that'll change when you go to the next episode. But 
so at the time we we under the impression that Lincoln is the true leader of the Court of Owls. But mainly the Gotham Knights are in the process of trying to find Turner. While Turner is basically in a drug-induced trip where he actually sees his parents. Yeah. And mainly trying to convince him that Batman basically made Turner an orphan. Yeah, he's responsible for the parents' death. Right. His parents' death. So, in this process, Lincoln also wants to make Turner the new Talon. Which Talon... Which Talon... Turner, of course, declines, mm-hmm. and eventually Cullen and Duella come and save Turner by bargaining with the Electrum, which Lincoln attempts to kill Turner, and, well, apparently he realized that they were trying to bargain with a fake. Right. <laughs> so Robin comes in with the real one, and... They save Turner's life and get to the end of the episode. And we find out in this next episode that he is radioactive. Yeah, the poisoning due to the uh, the Electrum. So they have to find out, well, um, to get him cured, they take him to a hospital where um, Robin's mother works at. Mm-hmm. And so she tells that she reveals to her mother that she's Robin in, in order to have her save uh turner so because she kind of she won at first because she knows that she could lose her job because he's the one fugitive right but so she ends up um saving him and and then um while this is going on uh harvey takes sleeping pills in order to talk to his alternate self in a dream where um he the other harvey states that uh, they killed their father so they fight over um dominance and then um, Harvey wins and he wakes up and the uh, at the end of the episode uh, Brody goes to his mother to tell him uh, you know about everything with the court about like you know that leader of court house and all this you know but his mother ends up killing him because she is the true leader of the court of owls yes but at the end Lincoln is resurrects Brody with the Electrum mm-hmm. without the knowledge of his mother. Right. Yeah. That's like pretty harsh. You could kill your own child. Right. <laughs> but then again, it is the Court of Owls. <laughs> well, yeah. I think that's it for that one. And then the next episode we have is Daddy Issues. So the way Wikipedia states Duella and Turner, after a lengthy and deeply satisfied sexual encounter, Leave the Belfry to celebrate Duella's birthday. Like, okay. <laughs> well, first of all, now, how did Turner know it was Duella's birthday? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was ever mentioned. Yeah. So, mainly with the celebrating, Turner does technically forget about the mission at hand, which was basically to still clear their names as the as Batman's killers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, of course all that goes down the drain when apparently Turner wasn't planning on technically meeting Duella's parents. Yeah. 
So, well, he didn't see Harvey, but he did see Duella's mother. Jane Doe. Yes. <laughs> Which is mainly used for anonymous right. in most cases. John Doe, Jane Doe's are anonymous. But also just the fact that, well, as of now, Duella's technically fled the city for the time being. But yeah, they tried to kill Harvey. <laughs> yeah. But Harvey was trying to explain that it technically wasn't him that got Jane pregnant, but his... Well, technically it was him, but it wasn't him. Yeah. If we're talking about the alternate self. Right. Which they didn't believe. So, I would say, if anything, this episode was really more filler mm. than anything. Because we had that, and Carrie was grounded for, well being a, vig a vigilante and waiting so long to tell her mother. And, well, also the fact that apparently Stephanie is a lesbian now. <laughs> mm -hmm. So a lot happened in this episode, but still more filler than anything. But one thing we didn't mention with Superman Lois is, well, I don't know if we did say it, but there's no episodes this week for those. But it looks like there's at least two episodes left in each of their seasons. So I believe that's all for Gotham Knights. Yeah. So on to The Flash. Yes. And now we're going to take a short break from the podcast to pretty much mention a way that you can help us. With a small or large donation every month, you can help us keep in this podcast coming to you basically whenever we can, depending on what our schedules look like. So, basically, we have working equipment, computer-wise, as long as we have no technical difficulties, and everything else, microphones, and we would even like to possibly live stream at some point. But, like I said, just small or large monthly donation, and you can help us bring in this podcast to you. Okay, now on to the final two episodes of The Flash. Yeah, A New World Part 3. The uh, Speed Force uh, shows up and tells the team that Barry and the Crystal are in 2049, and then she vanishes. So then Eddie um, is, all, is creating these singularities, and one of them, uh, a girl who kind of looks like Nora, well, it's comes through and says yeah. that she's his daughter. So it's like when so it's if, 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 if he would have married Iris, right. then that would have been his daughter. Yeah. Um, but then the real Nora stops him and then the uh, then she becomes possessed by the crystal, tries to tempt Eddie into accepting its power, and then Barry appears and escapes with him. Um, and then Cecile uses her powers to project her consciousness into her 2049 self and ends up being able to free Nora from the crystal. And then Eddie goes to 2049 Iris and wants, you know, talks, says, you need to be, I want you to be with me, but she rejects him. Right. And then the negative speed force begins to fracture the timeline and, and Eddie ends up accepting the power from the crystal right and turns into cobalt blue yes which brings us to our finale episode so 
first of all, Eddie brings back Thon, well, technically his ancestor, mm. Zoom, Savitar, and Godspeed. Yep. Who, for however the heck it happens, they get defeated so easily. It's like you take a whole season to defeat these characters, and then 10 minutes they're defeated by side characters. Right. Like that was. I mean, Zoom was defeated by Keon and Chillblain. Uh, Savitar was defeated by Nora. Godspeed was defeated by Cecile. And Thawne was defeated by Chester and Allegra. I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, Thawne, he's been there for the whole series. Exactly. And yet, he's easily defeated. It's right. It's just like, really? This was, it was such a slap in the face to these characters. Yeah. So, and then Eddie, of course, they go to Jitters. He almost kills a couple baristas. Which... I don't like the fact he never wore a mask. It was creepy. Right. Like, I wanted him to pull the mask. It was just him with the suit, but no mask. It was weird. I didn't like it. Which, any animated, any picture of him I've seen, comic-wise, as far as I know, he doesn't wear a mask. I know, but I think it, he just needs one. Right. He just needs one. But his speed at least gets negated when Jay actually um, steals Eddie's speed. Which Jay actually said that he learned that trick from the Earth-90 Flash. Yeah. So, that's a reference back to Crisis. But then later on, after Eddie gets his speed back, the one thing that Flash has been doing since after Crisis. Oh, yes. Talking. Oh, my gosh. Like, they didn't fight. He just talks his way out of most conflicts anymore. Right. I'm like, really? This is how we're going to end the series? By talking? Yes. I mean, even last season, season finale was better than this. Yeah. Because... Well, he just kind of sat there. <laughs> yeah, but before he was infused with the power of right, all the right. forces. Uh-huh. So it was practically Rainbow Flash against negative reverse Flash. Yeah. Yeah, Rainbow Flash would probably be Pride Month Flash. It, it, yeah, it's fitting for this month. Right. So, aside from that, here's basically a one-star review <laughs> out from, well, one of many one-star reviews yeah. that this episode was given. Yeah. I've been watching The Flash since season one. The Arrowverse has been around for literally half of my life. But after watching this finale... I'm convinced I would have rather DCTV just ended after Flash Season 3. Yeah. Now, I would have said maybe after Season 4, but yeah. Seriously, that was a much better ending. Does it mean we would have never gotten blood work? Yeah. Does it mean we would have never gotten the best seasons of Legends of Tomorrow? Yeah. Does it mean we would have never gotten Stargirl, one of my favorite shows of all time? Yeah. I would sacrifice all of that... If it means that we that the flash ended after season three, because at least then the finale would have felt like a finale instead of this rancid flaming pile of horse vomit that I just watched. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Right. <laughs> and before you ask, yes, this episode was co-written by Eric Wallace. Just in case anyone was wondering whether a New World Part One reunions was a fluke or not. So you've seen the trailers. You know who's showing up. And every good speedster villain and Godspeed, but, well, screw that guy. 
goes out like an absolute chump. There's not a single one of them that feels like they're given any amount of respect. The pairings of who fights, who makes a little sense at least, but that doesn't make it better. Thon gets stomped by Allegra because he's wearing Wells' face. Zoom gets wrecked by Keon because she's inhabiting Caitlyn's body, which Caitlyn does come back at the end of the episode. Yeah, because Keon goes off into do whatever and right. then leaves the body behind, which Caitlyn ends up in, be coming back. Mm-hmm. Savitar gets shredded by Nora since she's his daughter. And Godspeed gets beaten by the main character, Cecile, because they had, like, two conversations in Season 7. The pairings aren't the problem, except that the three good speedster villains each deserved a crack at Barry. Thawne especially. The problem is that these guys all took full 23-episode seasons to stop the first time around. And Godspeed only took four because, screw him. (laughs) Talk about crapping all over the best parts of the show. Also, did you really have to make all of them have red lightning? You couldn't have given Zoom his blue lightning and, and Savitar and Godspeed their white lightning? As for Barry and Cobalt, and Cobalt Blue, you will not believe how he's defeated. That's right, it's every Flash fan's favorite power in Barry's arsenal. The true superpower of the Flash, the Speech Force. Oh, yes. Woo! Cobalt, Cobalt Blue, who the fan base has been gassing up for years, who I personally have been excited waiting on pins and needles for since Rick Cosmet made his triumphant return in A New World Part 1, and gets defeated by a pep talk. Do I even need to say anything? Also, did you have to give him the red lightning? Did you really have to give him red lightning? His name is Cobalt Blue. Blue. Blue is literally in his name. Mm. And you couldn't give him blue lightning? He got to use his sword from the comics, so fair play for giving him that. But could you really not give him blue lightning? And this is a very long review, so I'm just going to stop there. Yeah, and then the end we have a uh, time-space continuum break where Nora holds herself as a baby. Yeah. And then Barry talks to baby Nora, tells her a story about you know, becoming the Flash, and then he's going to share his powers now. So he take, he sends out a lightning bolt and uh, hits Avery Ho, Max Mercury, and Jess Chambers. So now they're going to be new speedsters to share the speed along with the Flash in and, and the future that we'll never see unless they hit, do a appearance in something else, which in an interview, Grant Gustin said he's not opposed to putting it on the suit again if, you know, if the right circumstances come about so it's not like he's like i'm done forever you'll never see me so if there's a spinoff if there's another show of anything else there's a possibility we could see him mm-hmm. is there a possibility we could see him in the new flash movie he says no but we all know how people lie which i do know that we're planning on going to one day of galaxy con and columbus and it turns out grant gustin will be there yeah, i'll be like hey grant like, which you got to pay extra for that. Yeah. Because it's like, you you got to buy your ticket, and then you got to buy your thing with him. Yeah, I'll have to find out what the prices look like for autographs and whatnot. Yeah. I'll be like, listen, Grant. <laughs> the show started out so good. What happened? What happened? After after um, Crisis, like, like, where do you go? And they didn't, they didn't know. Yeah. They were all over the place. <laughs> like, when it, for like, the first few seasons of the show, it was my favorite. 10 out of 10. Yeah. The last few seasons are like 5 out of 10. 
So, you know, I'm going to give it, you know, six, seven around there. Now, my rating for the for the series as a whole. But if so if it would have ended early, 10 out of 10, it was my favorite. Yeah, we'll need to ask him what exactly happened <laughs> once we figure out what the prices look like for that. <laughs> because I definitely want to get autographs with Charlie Cox and mm. even Austin St. So John. What, what's your uh, final rating of the show? Well, before I get to that, one thing I did mention in the episode that never came to air, but Avery Ho in the comics is actually the Flash of China and a member of the JLC. She received her powers from the Speed Force, yada, yada, yada. Max Mercury is known as Wind Runner, Whip Whirlwind, and Lightning, is a fictional DC Comics superhero similar to Quality Comics Quicksilver. Initially an obscure speedster, the, the character was rebooted by Mark Wade in the pages of The Flash and turned into a mentor for Wally West and Bart Allen. And then Jess Chambers is actually just mainly a Flash from an alternate universe. But for me, I would actually, if they ended it maybe with season five, I'd give it maybe at least an eight or nine out of mm -hmm. ten. And then seasons six huh. through nine... Uh, maybe a five at the most. Yeah. So probably an average of maybe at least a seven out of ten for the yeah. entire series. So because, I mean, we probably knew that Flash's first main villain was going to be Reverse Flash. Yeah. And then when season two came along, I knew a little bit about Zoom, but really not enough to know fully. Same with Savitar, and I also knew a little about the Thinker. But when you get into later seasons, it almost seemed a bit repetitive throughout the last few seasons. Right. So, honestly, I think that's probably everything for The Flash. Mm -hmm. And now, since we didn't bother trying to record it last week, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Alright, so it starts out their um, the guardians are at their headquarters when they are attacked, and they uh, and Rocket gets uh, critically wounded in this. Well, when they go to try to use their med packs to heal him, they find out there's a kill switch embedded in him by Orgo Corp. Mm -hmm. um, and so the uh, the leader of them, the High Evolutionary, who's Rocket's creator, so they travel there to try to get the uh, switch's override code and save his life. So while Rocket's unconscious, he kind of recall, recalls his past as, you know, being Baby Raccoon. We see kind of what's his past that we've never seen before. Right. How he was experimented on, how other animals were experimented on, how he, he befriended um, other animals in his test batch. And, you know, and then when the, as Rocket becomes more and, you know, more, you know, his intelligence keeps is growing more and more to that. It angers the high evolutionary because it's surpassing him. Right. So he's go finds out that um, that all the people, all his friends, they're not going to the new this new Earth that this high evolutionary is creating. This perfect species, they're not going. They're just going to be killed off. So mm -hmm. he breaks out and mauls the high evolutionary. But in the process, all of his friends die. So it, it's kind of a sad, 
has its sad parts. The movie does during it with stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, so, and then the present, the, uh, the Ravengers are helping the guardians infiltrate Ogle Corp to retrieve the file, but they find out it was removed. So it, they discover it was, uh, removed by one of the high evolutionary advisors and they go um, when they go to try to save they go to their this new earth that he's created with all these other animals and whatever on he uh, once he finds out they're there the high evolutionary is willing to destroy the whole planet to get because he wants rocket because he he wants that um to study his brain right because it's his, like the perfected one and that's what he needs to try to perfect with the rest of his colony mm-hmm. so once he um when um they are able to um get the code and able to um, save rocket's life and then while they're leaving this um this this place they find more like children and other animals being held capt- captive mm-hmm. so they break they break them all out all the animals all the people and they you know rescue them then they as they're jumping across to their ship um um quill doesn't make it and he starts to freeze up but he is eventually saved by Adam, the guy who attacked him in the beginning. Yeah. Who is now, who realizes that uh, High Evolutionary was a bad guy and how his, his was his mom was killed? Mm-hmm. His mom? Yeah. So now he's kind of on their side. So he saves Quill's life and then they're all reunited back on the ship. And then at the end, Quill decides he's going to leave the Guardians and Rocket is now the new captain. And he's going to go reunite with his grandfather on Earth. Uh, Mantis goes on a discover, self-discovery. Their Gamora reunites with the Ravagers. Nebula and Drax remain on nowhere to raise all these rescued children. Yeah. And then we have a mid-credit scene of the uh, Guardians, which of now has... Rocket, Groot. Kraglin, Cosmo, Adam, and Phyla, the, one of the children. Yeah. And then Adam's pet, Warp. Yeah. And they're taking on a new mission. Yeah. And honestly, I will say for this for this movie, I did like the fact that we got a backstory for Rocket. Yeah. Because that... And, is, and he actually is a raccoon. He's denied it for so long. But yeah. But we find out that he yeah, is a raccoon. Yeah. Which, of course, Thor always called him a rabbit back yeah. in Infinity War slash Endgame. Yeah. Where we had Fat Thor and not... Oh, well, Fat Thor. <laughs> But, yeah, getting Rocket's backstory pretty much gives you, I don't want to say necessarily a new love for the character, but you know more of where he came from. Right. So, I did like that. And for me, the movie did start out a little slow, but it definitely did pick up as we got more into it. Yeah. And the point when Quill started to freeze up, you gotta figure they're not going to kill off Star Lord, right? <laughs> Especially with the fact that the one credit scene did say Star Lord, Star Lord will return at right. some point. Yeah. So, 
I don't have much to say on it besides that, but what would you rate the trilogy as a whole and just this movie on its own? Trilogy as a whole, I'm almost give it a nine out of ten. I, I enjoyed them. They, I like the they got comedy in them, the acting. You know, it's got a little everything. Mm-hmm. This movie, um, it was a little sad, which you know, I, it was hard to you know, kind of sad to watch. Right, know. I'm gonna say eight out of ten for this movie. Okay, but as a series, I'm gonna give it a nine because yeah, they're. I enjoy it. They're very, very. Drax is one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, just his yeah. part throughout. Yeah. But I'd have to say probably a 9 out of 10 as well for the entire series as a whole because this is. I mean, just like our high ratings for the first Black Panther movie, it's a group that you really don't know all that much about. Right. And even. Throughout each movie separately, you learn a lot, little bit more of each one. Right. Like for the first movie, they pretty much band together. Second movie, we pretty much meet Peter's dad, mm-hmm. which of course went on a huge ego trip. Well, no pun intended. Yeah. And then this one, we of course got Rocket's backstory. So I do know for a fact that it was already said, um, and for this movie by itself, maybe an 8 out of 10 yeah. as well. But I know it has been said that for this group of Guardians as a whole, this is the last story for this current group of Guardians. So if they do make a, another Guardians movie, we'll of course see Rocket as Captain instead yeah. of... So I know David Batista's not playing Drax anymore. Right. And I mean, I would now I know we have the Groot miniseries, which I'd almost like to see Groot get his own movie. And also one thing that we both didn't know about until recently on Disney Plus, if you want to see little snippets of different things that have come up within the Marvel Universe. There are the Marvel one-shots on Disney+. Plus. Speaking of Groot, he did say, we, I love you guys. Yeah, he so, did say something I, other than... I am Groot. No, the one time he said, we are Groot. That was in the first one. Yeah, and then, so this is the first time he actually said something different. Yes. But I, yeah. wanted, I wanted him to say, like, you guys are family, because it's voiced by Vin Diesel. Right. Who, in the Fast and Furious movies, is all about family. Yeah. <laughs> so... Which I know this is completely off topic, but how was the most recent Fast Furious movie? It was good. Left on a cliffhanger. Oh. It's going to be. It said there's going to be one more okay. coming out in 2025. All right. So it will tie up all the. I mean, they had everybody in it. If you have you ever watched any of the movies, I have not. Okay, but I've heard of. But they've had. I mean, everybody who was in all the movies was in this. I mean, they. Um, Jason Momoa was like the main bad guy. Right. Had, uh, Jason Statham was in it. Dwayne Johnson had the cameo. Like. Everybody, obviously, Paul Walker was mm-hmm. dead, but actually, he did have a flashback of him, it was, oh. or just a picture. I mean, he was in it as either a flashback, or, yeah, I couldn't remember, yeah, so, right. But so, but while we're on the topic of upcoming movies, we do have The Flash coming up this Friday, yep. So, I'm gonna try to see it Sunday or Monday, depending on well, let's see. I'm off Sunday and Monday, so either day they know that we can record. If it, I mean, the only thing we'll have is probably just the Flash movie. Well, the Flash movie if we get both get seen. Right. Yeah. 
But yeah, it comes up Friday. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast just came out yep. this past Friday. And then Secret Invasion, June 21st. Yep. It'll be a weekly thing. Right. And then we'll have Blue Beetle in August. Yes. August 18th, I believe. Craven the Hunter in October. And Aquaman in December. And also the Marvels in November. That's right. Hmm. And the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie in... Yeah, which... September? August. August August 2nd. Okay. Which, if I see that, I'm probably just going to wait until it's streaming. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. For, and also, we just got confirmation earlier this week, or late last week, that Hocus Pocus 3 is in development. Yeah. So, yeah, which I've seen people's comments on that, and they didn't really enjoy the second one. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll probably end up covering it whenever it comes out. But aside from that, that's everything to get us caught up. And as we always say, keep your eyes peeled, ears open, and stay heroic. Bye. Bye.